Maria has always cared for people, both at work and everyday life. That's why she enrolled in the Clinical Counseling Degree Program online at Grand Canyon University, turning her compassion into a career. Now she's helping this woman find the strength she needs after losing a lifetime friend to cancer. What do you think making a difference looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Everybody, the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Dave, Dave Stevens, Dave Sterling. I'm Tony Pervenanzi. We are coming to you today from Wicked Wart Brewing Company in downtown Robbinsdale, historic downtown Robbinsdale. Um, of course, you can find us, the Lunacy Podcast, on Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're also part of the BGN Network, beautiful game network. That's BGN.FM. You can also find us on the Minnesota Podcast Network. That is podcastmn.com. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? Not hardly. Something. And you know, you can expect hazardous travel later today with that, you know, that blizzard thing. Oh, that blizzard thing. Oh, well, here's the report. The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Um, before we get into what beers we're drinking here at Wicked Wharf. The big question on everybody's lips. Yeah, they're chaplains. And they're chaplains, chaplains. right. Do you think Bill's going to come out and see a shadow? Punks a Tony Phil. That's right, woodchuck chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Get up and shake that hog out there. And uh, Punks a Tony Phil saw his shadow. Did not, Did not see, see his shadow. Does not see his shadow, which means that spring is coming early. However, he is historically wrong. Well, and I was going to say, it's hard to believe after the weather we've had the past week with negative 25 degrees and no kids in school, and it's just been crazy around here. Uh, today we're going to be at about uh, 40 degrees. Yep. So about a 60 degree, almost 70 degree turnaround from where we were at before. Yep. So hopefully we have an early spring, and hopefully the opening day of the of Allianz Field is nice and relatively warm and we have a good time. Right. So. I guess and it's it, just, do you want to be an optimist or a pes- pessimist? We kind of had a mild winter up until this point, relatively yeah, speaking. Yeah. So does that mean we're we're going to have a short winter? Is that what we're having, just a short little spell here? Or is it a delayed kind of cold snap Ugh. where the rest of February into March is going to be colder don't, than don't, usual? Don't talk that way, Dave. I mean, don't. I saw forecasts that suggest we're going to have about 10 inches of snow next week. Well, that's Plus terrible. really cold temps again. Ugh. So, I don't know. Get me out of here. Yeah. And, it, you know, today also marks one month until opening day. Yes. March right. 2nd. Yeah. So, it's kind of interesting. Kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, 
I will say that we are drinking, of course, Wicked Wart Brewing Company beer. I have the Orange Dreamsicle, which, looking at this uh, list here, is uh, citra hops, vanilla beans, orange peel, and milk sugar. So it's mm. like an adult dessert. So call it lactose, just for yeah. people in the yeah. industry like myself, not the brewing industry. Well, it kind of reminds me of... Um, so a couple of breweries I've been to have these uh, milkshake IPAs. Yep. A little bit like that. Not an IPA, but kind of like milkshake type, you know, orange milkshake. Sure. Tastes very good. Uh, Stevens, what do you got? I'm having the uh, kind of, I'm having the, it's a sour. It's called, uh, I think it's relatively new. It's called the Tropical Berliner Weiss. Oh. And uh, it's, it is a sour and it's, um, it's got, I'm just reading from the list here because I, my palate's not that defined, but it's got passion fruit, Pink guava and pineapple puree Ooh. included, but it, yeah, it's nice. It's drinkable. Um, yeah, it's it's tart but mm. smooth. Yeah, I like it. Nice. Sterling, what you got? I have the Showgirl Raspberry Wheat. Oh. I believe is the name of it. And um, yeah, it's a wheat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really, really mild. It says that they use coal yeast. Um, 300 pounds of raspberry puree. Holy jeez. It's it's pretty raspberry. It's not it's not crazy. It's not like a like a new glare's raspberry tart where it's like mm-hmm. you're eating the raspberry. Um, it's it's very pleasant. It's a, it's a good drinker. Speaking of uh, drinking, uh, Dave Sterling and I showed up a little early today and uh, we ended up going to Hackenmuller's, which I've been to numerous times it's right right next door here. And uh, Dave got some beef sticks. Yeah. And they have, on their wall, they have a thing. It's called the, uh, lar- I don't know what it's called, but it's $450. It was their large buffet. Oh, and yeah, it was yeah. 30 pounds of beef, 30 pounds of pork, something, like a whole list, 450 bucks. Yeah. And I'm going, who's going to order that? I mean, it's got to be somebody that's got a deep freeze. I guess. Or and, you're having a big party. Yeah. And how is that something that you'd have delivered to your house, I'm assuming? I'm, I'm guessing. Where are you going to put said, all that 30 pounds? You said buffet. But when I first heard buffet, I thought Well, I think spread. that's... But I think what they give you, I think they give you all that meat, and, just, and then yeah. you have and, to deal with it. And just it. back up for for our listeners who haven't been there like myself, What 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 is... Is it a meat shop, or what is yeah, it? Yeah, it's just a meat market. You walk sure, in, man. it's got a glass counter full of meat. Yeah. It's, your old, it's an old-fashioned meat yeah. market. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, I, Kelly, Kelly's parents used to live in Robbinsdale, and we'd get uh, brats and stuff from Hackmuller's all the time. And uh, we also got, I think, potato salad from there, which I told you was fantastic. Um, so it's nice that they're still around. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love that they had the sawdust on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it smelled like wood and meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the perfect... Well, perfect two cents. Yeah, and speaking of Robbinsdale, I mean, I, I don't, as close as I live to Robbinsdale in Plymouth, I don't yeah. get downtown here, Robbinsdale, mm-hmm. very often. It's a nice area. And in fact, Tony, how close are we to the spot of your wedding reception? We're very close. Like uh, walking distance? So, not walking distance, but about a half mile, maybe a mile okay. down the road here is Further the uh, Russian vodka bar that we had my re- wedding reception at. Um, and come to find out, Kelly and I went there a couple, well, we went there in October because it was our 15-year wedding anniversary. So we went back there, and then we went over to Travail. We thought they were closing down. I heard they were going to close that Russian vodka bar and the BFW and demolish it. Well, I guess things have changed, and they renewed their lease. So oh, they're cool. sticking around now, I guess, So, which is I, nice. I, I've never been there. I've driven past it so many times. It's a it's a nice spot. We uh, For my wedding reception, we drank them out of beer. 
Dave was there. We did drink them out of beer, and that got dangerous when we had to switch to vodka. Yeah, At least did, it wasn't yeah. drinking them out of vodka. That'd be <laughs> well, we, we gave some, it, we some gave it a try. Did. We gave some it a people try. did. Yeah. Good old college try is always worth. By the end of the night, the guy was like, "We have no no beer left. All we have is these Russian beers in bottles." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever." I don't think I've ever had a Russian beer. It wasn't that great. But we're talking 15 years ago before craft beers really started to take off. So it's probably stuff left over from the Cold War. Probably <laughs> pull it out of. I did see a it over picture here. of Yeltsin on one of them. It was kind of weird. And Gorbachev. Yeah. I'd drink a beer with Gorbachev's face on it. Would you? I would. Oh. That's, you know that, that birthmark? The, the birthmark on the head? Whatever he had yeah, on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Digress, so, I guess. Um, <laughs> so we are, again, Wicked Ward is downtown uh, Robbinsdale. It's in the old TCF Bank building, which is cool. They have they have done a lot in here. They've redone everything in here. It's, it's got a stage. They've got a downstairs where all their brewery equipment's at. I think they have a downstairs basement where they have events going on. They have food. You can get food from uh, Piggy at My Pizza right across the street. It is a great location. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at their calendar here, they have live music tonight yep. and next Saturday or next Friday, I should say. So it looks like it's kind of a regular deal here. Only thing that's different from all the other places we've been to is this is a 21 and up microbrewery. Which most of the breweries we've been to, I think all of them been to, kids are kids are totally allowed to come. They have decided to say, "Hey, this is an adults only brewery," and they have their reasons for doing it. I don't, I don't mind, you know. I mean, yeah, it's their prerogative to do exactly, what they want. exactly. So um, I really like the fact that all the brewing equipment is in the basement. Yeah, and they have that open area that you, as you walk in, you can look down and you can mm-hmm. see all the tanks. Yeah, kind of cool. In a way, it kind of reminds me of uh, Torg, how you can look kind of yeah, down yeah, yeah, and yeah, see yeah. their whole setup, and it's nice to look at. Torg though felt I, I, mean, I like Torg. I like their beers. At Torg, I felt like I was in somebody's uh, attic. You know, oh, sure. going up the stairs and being like up there, like I felt like yeah. somebody's attic, just hanging out. And it was nice and cozy. Yep. This is more of an open type of uh, yep. mechanical stuff here, and they've got garage doors for the summertime. They've got a patio on the other side here. Yep, and yeah. it looks like they got they found an old bar from somewhere over here. Yeah. That clearly came from a bar. Yeah, That's I mean, pretty cool. they've got two bars. Yeah, which yeah, is nice. I think if you were standing at the main bar and kind of were blinded to what was behind you, you could almost feel like you were in in a bar. Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's part of the twenty-one plus vibe. But then mm-hmm. looking be. around, though, I mean, it's got it's mm-hmm. got the feel of a brewery, especially yeah. looking at all the brewing equipment right in the middle, looking down. Yeah. The other thing I want to point out that I'm noticing now that looks cool. They got a uh, pop- popcorn machine. They do. It looks like free popcorn too. So that's, free that's another plus. Mm-hmm. And of course, games everywhere. Microbreweries always have games. So I do want to thank uh, Amanda. I think Amanda Carlisle for. Uh, setting us up today. Uh, she was the one I talked to on uh, e- through email, and she is, I think, the CFO and marketing director of Wicked War. So thank you, Amanda, for letting us come out. And Luke uh, also uh, was gracious enough to uh, talk to us before we started this podcast. So, all right, boys, let's get into some United Talk because we had a big trade happen uh, last week. We picked up... Um, what's his? Uh, oh, it's Ike, Ike Opara from Seattle. No, we, Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Sorry, I'm getting Alonzo mixed up. I'm getting Alonzo mixed up from KC. It's been a busy um, off season. It has been. It's four people we've got uh, from KC. 
and we traded what was a million dollars worth of TAM. It could be, yeah, could, it could be, be. incentive based, okay. but it was nine hundred thousand in targeted all- allocation okay. money with another hundred thousand in, in possible incentives. So the big thing I want to say is he was a two thousand seventeen MLS Defender of the Year. That's correct. But he came looking at his background. Was he a second round draft pick? Uh, yeah, he, he was. Wasn't. He was traded to Kansas City for a second round draft pick. Now, yes, you know, back and back when that occurred, I mean that. So he started. He was drafted. He might have been drafted in the second round. We can yeah. maybe touch on that a little bit later as I look it up. But I mean, he was drafted by the San Jose Earthquakes in 2010, sure. and then in 2000, before the 2013 season, he was traded to KC okay. for a second round draft pick. And just to, I think. That doesn't sound impressive, especially in as we sit here in 2019 talking about it. But I think back in 2013, granted, I was not big into the MLS at the time. Dave, maybe you were. But a second-round draft pick back then I think was a little bit more important than it is now. now. Before you, the homegrown you know, yeah. players yeah. and all yeah, of that. I think the draft, the draft has fizzled out a little bit in mm-hmm. the last three, four years. But, yeah, back then it was a little bit more important. But he's, this guy is a late bloomer. Well, and he, he had he had injury issues. And, and he had injury issues. Um, I mean, big injury issues. So, I mean, he yeah, late bloomer is a good way to put it. And this is the concerning part about it is he, 2017 uh, Defensive Player of the Year. 2018, he regressed a little bit. Yeah, when yeah, you a say bit. a little bit, not much. Yeah, not it wasn't much. terrible. Yeah. But my, and I think I sent this to you guys uh, when we were texting back and forth about this, is my concern is that we saw a regression last year. He was a late bloomer. 2017 might have been his peak, and now he's starting to go through kind of the downfall of his career, which, in all honesty, we still need somebody like him. Well, yeah. Uh, but is he worth the 900000 in TAM that we pay for? And, it, you know, th- that's a difficult question to answer because, you know, you, you can think of – I think it's a little spendy in my personal opinion, but mm-hmm. it, it could be the result of a couple things. First – Cincinnati uh, spent a lot of money on Hegland um, when they brought him in as a CB, and it way overspent on him. Yes. And that ha- that transaction happened the week before. Okay. So I have a feeling that probably ticked Opar's price tag up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is we had basically two months to work on our center back depth, and yeah. we did absolutely nothing. I yeah. mean, we had the waiver draft. We had the – we had the uh, – Reentry drafts. There were a couple decent center backs available. We passed on them. We also passed on Waston, who was picked up by FCC. And it, so I think Sporting saw an opportunity to say, "Well, okay, FCC just increased Teglin's vet or the CB value a little bit. You're right up the road from us as conference quote unquote rival. Mm-hmm. You need." CB depth. Oh yeah, yeah. So and I think it's it's a little high, but being TAM and so limited in how that Sporting can actually use it, sure, it devalues it a little bit. Yeah. So and, I don't know. And and just to sit here and say, I mean, I I don't. There's nobody in this room right now, including us. I'm assuming that would say that was a bad move. No, you I don't. Ha- think. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't think you. No. Yeah. It filled a position of great need. I mean, yeah. yeah. Even at uh, his regressed and level, you, and you say regressed, yeah. and and yeah. I mean I had to chuckle a little bit yeah. at that. And what you said might be true, but mm-hmm. you're talking about a 2017 campaign where he was the you know a defender. He of the was year, the guy exactly, you know, right. 
and and he was part of the league's big eleven. He was as well. So I mean, okay, so he regressed from the top. Yeah. To, you know, he well, started he started the same number of games. He played a similar number of minutes. Um, yeah, just I mean, I would say highlights. that he's still at least top ten. He is. Yeah. So yeah, but and I mean, quite frankly. I just said a position of need, which it was. And then, at least as far as the MLS concerned, there wasn't anyone better no. available. Right. Certainly not. But Especially so. after Hagelin left for what I'm FCC. What yeah. I point out here is the fact that he has an injury history, okay? Yeah. That's a little concerning to me. Two, yeah. regression, even a little regression, can be a trend. That's another. It can be. It can it, be a trend. It can it be. It could also you, be kind of a, you know, some players go through sophomore slumps. They do. Yeah. And, and where, you, you know, with how he slowly started in the league to begin with, yep. maybe that's just kind of a eh, year yeah. and he'll be back. And that's another yeah. thing. If you want to talk about trends, I mean, and you bring up the injury concern, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe he did have an injury concern, but for the last three seasons, he's played a lot. He's yep. played he a lot. So, I mean, if he's trending in the right direction. He hasn't had any injury issues over the last three years. And, I mean, I'm concerned that when I walk up to the bar, I'm going to get hurt. I mean, well. anybody could get hurt. It's kind of, <laughs> it's it's possible kind of an odd thing to say, well, yeah, I'm worried about I'm worried about Quintero getting injured. I'm worried well, about everybody. Just because he had that injury, I think he's uh, trending in the right direction. Once, uh, yeah. My concern is once you have an injury, uh, it seems like, especially injuries like him, things start to kind of pop back up. Oh, yeah. And maybe... And maybe he has one, two, three years of great play for United. I mean, maybe he does. Right. But there are a little bit of concerns. But on the flip side, this is the kind of deal you have to make when you're United. This is what you have to do. Well, especially when they're in year three of a three-year plan. <laughs> Five, what, six-year plan, seven-year plan. What was it, Dave? It was a seven-year plan, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've gone on record. I'm seriously backpedaling, you know, backpedaling right. on that, you know, for the record. I, I'm starting to back it up. They're, so, but they're very obviously saying we're in year three of our three-year plan. We need to make this one count, and right. we're in a new stadium this year. Yeah, they're, they have to do it. There, I mean, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. But yeah. I mean, as we, as we, as, when we finished up. The, our 2018 season uh, at Columbus, between that day and mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. a lot has changed. It has. And I mean, I, that's all I could talk about back then was, yeah. I don't see it, I don't see it, I don't see it. But they're, we've already seen in the last month, they're making the moves that they need to make. Four big, we, mo- four big moves. Yeah. Right. Four. So the next one, of course, is Metner, mm-hmm. who we talked about last episode kind of as if he was already signed, but he wasn't. And he is now. It was finalized on the 25th. So, um, you know, I mean, I think, personally, I mean, obviously, we don't have a lot of access to League 2 games. Yeah. Right. So, this, when I look at Metnire, it's all highlights of whatever I can find on YouTube. I mean, I look at it this way. He, he spent, I think it was seven or eight years at FC, Met, FC Mets in League 2. Uh, then he went to... Stod Rems yep. uh, in League Two still, uh, where he helped them get promoted. He we did. We talked he about that last. Helped episode. them get up there. Yep. The the big thing is here is okay. So how do these compare to MLS? In my opinion, I think MLS is kind of. I mean, if it was like a scale of one to ten, one was League Two, ten was League One. MLS is kind of like 
three or four. Okay. Like, it might be slightly above League Two, mm-hmm. but it's not quite League One. Sure. So, the fact that he apparently didn't work out in League One... Yes. Uh, I don't think is a bad thing, because I think League One is a little bit better. I think maybe the bottom half of teams in League One would probably be pretty comparable to MLS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so I think overall we're getting a guy who is, you know, European quality. Yes. And it, I think he performed exceptionally at League Two level. So I think it's pretty much a lateral move, in yeah, my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, but speaking of Metonier, and I mean, obviously, like you said, we don't we haven't seen a lot of them. We've seen some highlights. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he definitely seems like um, he's a guy that can come into the MLS and, and make an impact, especially, you know, for for the Loons. I mean, as you see, like, if he's playing the right, his right-back position and he's just a bit more athletic, he's speedy, he can go up that right. side, you yes. know. And especially now with the other additions that the that the United made, mm-hmm. that the Loons made, I should say, um, as he shoots up the side, you know, I think that the rest of the back can fill yeah, that out. Yeah, and, and it, you know, that's a, that's a big point to make yeah. because with Opara coming in, it's guaranteed Opara starting at center back, right? Yes. So I think we could probably put significant money on Calvo being at left back. Good. Because Kelman and Boxel are better center backs than Calvo. Mm-hmm. We don't have anyone for left back other than a rookie who... They do suggest is is MLS ready, but but he's better than Calvo. Yeah, and I they, mean, no. so I think with that in mind, we then have Gregus and we have Alonzo, who we'll briefly talk about, I'm sure, in a few minutes. Uh, so Metnir can go up the can go up the sideline yep. and be comfortable knowing that we have a defensive mid. We have another guy that's the wheelhouse who's also played defensive mid. Yep. We have. Of stout back line, so I think it's I think it's really good the fact that he is so athletic and being able to move forward. Yeah, I think and I think that uh, just a couple other things like Ike Opara. I mean, I obviously I think Sporting Kansas City was one of those teams that I followed be- prior to the prior to the United coming oh, yeah. prior to the Loons coming up into um, MLS and um, just just knowing what he can bring to the table is impressive. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, I look. I look at uh, the end of last season, and what did we say? We needed to upgrade our defense. Yeah, that was the main thing. And we have now, in a sh- very short period of time, like yeah. boom, 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 basically three weeks, we added three new starters. And yeah, yeah. that's that's what I want to say about. Like, sorry, say what Ike Opara was just watching some of the highlights and knowing what he does is not only is he going to improve our back line. That's mm-hmm. that's. That's a fact, but just looking at the size that he brings, I think he's six two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I think he was responsible for a couple headed goals yep. last season. Yep. He's 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 got that presence where that we ser- the the wounds seriously lack last year. What yeah. how many the you talk about the set piece efficiency? We talked about that at nauseum yeah. last yes, year. Yes, we did. We, it just wasn't something. No, uh, the loons were capable of. No. It seemed yeah. like. The Should amount of now. calories that we burned waving scarves on corners for absolutely no for reason. For nothing. So you could definitely see Ikopara taking a prominent role in some of those set pieces. Yeah. At least, you know, being up there, you know, maybe getting a header opportunity or scoring chances I, there. I can see right now, I can see Bobby Shuttleworth tossing back a cold beer and going, 
Yeah, this is the type of defense I want to play behind. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Manny. Yeah, it's Which possible. brings up another point that I want to get into a little bit here, guys. We, in this podcast, we'll say it again, we've been down on Manny a lot about certain things, yes, right? Yes, yes. Mainly about signings and other things that have happened. Yeah. Now with this fourth new player coming in, if by chance United makes it to the playoffs this year, do we have to give Manny some credit for turning it around? Short answer, if they make yes. it to the playoffs? Yeah. I guess. You get I mean, we have to give him a little bit of props. Yeah. I I mean, not knowing how their decisions go, we have to assume that it was Manny, so yes. Yeah. Yeah, the short answer is definitely yes, you'd have to. Only yeah. because that is the that was the plan to make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Obviously, you want to see some success further than that and maybe some sustained success but um, I have never it my thought is I've never seen a general I mean I would call him the I would call him the GM okay yeah he's pretty much a GM I don't remember in Minnesota sports history a GM going into an offseason with so much doubt and people saying Manny you suck you're terrible get him out of here and then doing a complete 180 Oh, and signing sure. four, four big-name players. I was going to say, isn't players. that how the Timberwolves have been like every season? But, but now that you say the 180. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a 180 yeah. type of deal, right? I mean, I've, I've seen GMs going to the offseason for different sports around here, and they don't do anything. Right. And they get shit, you know, the rest of the year. This time, Manny went to the offseason and said, well, I have a plan. I hope he had a plan. <laughs> and he did something about it. Right. Yeah, and, and not just one guy. We're talking about four guys, right? Exactly. And then you, and then we touched on it earlier. But you can you can argue back and forth. We all agree that the Ico Parra, the most recent move, was a good move. I mean, mm-hmm. a good oh, move yeah. in the sense that it filled the position of need. Yep. You can argue that they overpaid or they didn't overpay. But the bottom line was they went out and did what they had to do to fill a position of need. So in my opinion, they didn't overpay. And you look at that target allocation money, one, you know, nine hundred thousand. Yes, it seems like a lot, and it is. But this—that's money that they are getting. You know, I think it's 1.2 million of TAM a yeah, year. They're they given are. that. Yep, right. They—they're not given that to put in their bank and save and no. make profits for. Them. And you can make trades for TAM, right? And and, the, it, and they basically, with considering the Ramirez trade, they basically had what? What is that? 1,900 mm-hmm. or 1. 1.9? Sorry, 1.9. Yeah, yeah and, and 1.9 so, million. And actually, you know, if you if you you can't you almost can't go one for one because with Ramirez, I think almost half of it was GAM or general allocation money, which has well, a little right, bit was, more yeah. value. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't just say, oh, we got eight hundred thousand, we got seven hundred, eight hundred thousand yeah. for for Christian, and then that, that we paid that for Ico Par. But here's so there's and we don't need to get in the intricacies of that right now, but it just that general allocation money gives you a little bit more flexibility so right. it's essentially worth more i saw something online where 1.2 you could say gam has a value of 1.5 times yeah. tam but okay. uh, we, we can get back to that later if we want but what i will say this is it was a question i've heard a couple times um you know i'm asking you guys would you trade christian ramirez straight up for Ico Parra if that's what this that's not what this was but mm-hmm. would you and I, I mean in my opinion i would say yes you would I, you know what? I would. Just looking at our defense and what we needed on defense and knowing that we have 
Uh, we have a good. We have good wingers. We got good forwards. Christian, maybe. well, maybe, but Christian was. Yeah. Well, he he didn't fit the system. Didn't I fit mean, yeah, exactly. And exactly. and the reality is, and we've talked on this before numerous times, is Adrian Heath and Manny Lagos had a, a half a system that they want to use, and he didn't fit that system. Now, no. people can bitch about that all they want, but mm-hmm. look, yes, was Christian Ramirez a good forward? He of course, is. he was very good. Yes, and it, I, you know, he probably will play today against Costa Rica mm-hmm. uh, with the national team and fantastic. But Lagos and Heath and presumably McGuire all had this vision, and whatever that vision ended up being, he didn't fit the system. Nope. So he moved on. Exactly yeah. right. And so I, I would be with all of you in saying mm-hmm. that, or well, I guess Dave, you didn't necessarily say that, did you? I said I was. Okay. I agreed that okay. I yeah. would trade. Yeah. I so would. I mean, yeah, it, the the trade made sense. And if it was a trade, it would make sense. As tough as it is, because he's one of our guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's I I, I wanted to bring it up, and people can think about it, and, and just wanted to bring up that question: Would you do a one for one trade? That's mm-hmm. not what they did, but you you can't help but think of it that way. And I, I just think that just because we're having this conversation, I think to me tells me that what they paid for Ike Opara. They didn't overpay, in my opinion. No, I. Again, it was Tam. Uh, I don't see him as overpaying. We have Tam. We get to use Tam. I, I and, guess. And, and, and that um, you're gonna, they're gonna get another. They're gonna get another round of it. 1. Yeah, one point two exactly million right. next year. I mean, they're giving. They give these. They give MLS teams that money to use. And you're taking away a good player from a rival mm-hmm. in KC. Yeah, good point. And that's another thing. It's not like. Sporting Kansas City, they did not want to trade him. They did not no. want to let him go. A lot of fans on Twitter, a lot of fans on Twitter were saying, how could you let the guy go? There right. were some fans going, oh, we fleeced another team right. for TAM money on a guy who was going to suck. Right. But, again, they didn't want to trade him. No. They decided they needed to go in another direction. Well, and, and it wasn't did. even that. Just I'm a little background. It was a couple months ago. Um he, um, Ike Parra basically asked for a raise. Now, mm-hmm. I find that a little interesting because if you look at his contract over the years, he signed a new contract prior to 2017, yeah. but every year since he joined Sport in Kansas City, he had gotten a raise. A bump, yeah. Including last year, he made almost double what he made in 2017, yeah, which yeah. he should. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he, he said, listen, I want a raise. He, he, you know, those were probably, that was probably a closed conversation with, mm-hmm. the, with the coach, GM. But then his agent actually made it public saying he's looking for a trade. And that yeah. did not rub Kansas City the right way. Well, and they had just upgraded their defense, making Opara have to compete for sure. Yeah. So it was one of those things where he wanted a trade, but it wasn't even guaranteed he was going to start. Yeah. And he, so, was, he became expendable yeah. at that point. Um, so we've, like I said, we've made four pretty big moves this offseason we talked about this before the podcast we did do uh was it last podcast we did our predictions for the first five games right right yeah and i came in pretty low All road games yeah. i came in pretty low yeah and i didn't answer yes i i, I, I listened back and i agree with you i think you right. made kind of a well yeah. it could be this or that yeah. like well wait a minute. Way, way to ride the fence there I'm, sterling i'm i'm yeah. still sticking with what i predicted that uh, the loons would go two, two, and one, and and finish that tough stretch on the road with seven points. I, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one. With this new 
this trade, getting Opara in here, I think that we we can go two two and one now. And it's hard to say that 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 I mean maybe not it's not hard to say that, but I mean thinking about what we're saying here is we yeah. are saying that in the first five games of the season, unfortunately, all away from Allianz Field, yeah. the Loons are going to double their win total from yeah. 2018. So yeah. on the road, that yeah. Is. yeah. You want to hear what mine is? What's that? I don't usually give definitive answers. So okay, go ahead. Big. Go ahead. If these guys meld together. That's a big if. I'm going with 10 points. What? I love it. 10 points. And, and I, I personally think wow. if these guys meld together on paper, yeah. we have the best roster in the West. Yeah, and oh, I mean, the, right. the only a couple things about that I'd say, you know, most teams in the West have improved as well. So, I mean, yes. I feel like we these are moves that the Loons probably need to make to mm-hmm. keep pace, although I agree with you, Dave. I mean, I think we, you could argue that the Loons are the most improved team. Um, that being said, it, they are five games yep. away from home. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's not just insane. To and yeah. on paper, they're good. You know, you're talking about L.A. Galaxy. You got N.Y. FC, right? Uh, New yeah. York Red Bulls. New York Red Bulls. Oh, it's the Red Bulls. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a couple, you know, they're mm-hmm. some good teams that they're playing. So. And I, I predict a loss. Yeah. But, yeah, but remember, 10 points. What I look at, and you guys will probably agree with me on this, is that soccer, soccer, I see it as hockey, too, is that in hockey, if you get a bunch of new starters, everybody's got to meld together. Right. Yeah. Soccer is even more crazy than that. You're talking about four new guys on the pitch starting four new guys you have to learn their tendencies you got to know what they do what they don't yep. do so training for them in this off season before the first game is going to be huge well and it you know four isn't even necessarily correct because think about the fact that Molino may start yeah so that's he right may Molino might, yeah, might be the fifth yeah he's never played he's yep. technically never played yeah that's right that's right other than who's uh, Miguel you bring up Molino and then Finley as well, Ethan Finley. Who's who's uh, farther ahead as in regards to their recovery? Is it well? You know they've kept that pretty tight. They're both with the club in Arizona at this moment. Yeah, now. yes. And yeah. It, my understanding was that Finley was a long further along because he was actually training last season with okay. the team. Um, I haven't read anything that says that Molino's been doing that but i'm not sure i mean so if we bring in let's say molino ends up starting that's five new guys on on the pitch you gotta all come together right i mean if they don't come together it's gonna look like a goat rodeo out there right and and you know i'd even add and we'll probably we'll hit this at another time in the episode uh we don't know that Bobby is going to be the starting goalkeeper. Well, we don't know yet. Because we know for a fact they were after Rossi. They were, yes. And Rossi would have been a starter. Mm-hmm. So they're after a starting goalkeeper. Yeah, and we mentioned that before so, before recording. I mean, everything that you see, everything that you read online, it without talking to the front office directly, it, it certainly sounds like they are still looking for a starting caliber yeah. goalie. And it, they, they've got Vitala on trial right now, and whenever we actually talk about him, I've got some stats. I think he's better than 
Bobby. And, and so. speaking of like the state of the Loons right now as far as the goalkeeping position, obviously as a unit it's kind of low because you only have Shuttleworth and of course uh, St. Clair who they Saint drafted. Clair, yep. But if you took if you looked at the goalkeeping unit and I'm not and we and we we should go back and touch on it later. Yep. You know the guys that they're trialing out in Arizona as we speak. But where do you rank? Let's say Shuttleworth specifically. In you know, as far as an MLS goalkeeper, is he in the top half or bottom half? Let's start with that. So I actually, I actually tried to look into this, and I had a spreadsheet that I created at work. Hopefully, no one ever hears this. Um, <laughs> and he's he's right at the bottom of the middle. Like okay, if you okay. were to if you were to do th- thirds, he's at the bottom of that middle third. Okay. Uh, if yeah, I mean, it comes down mostly to distribution. Obviously, we've talked about that. Yeah, he's terrible at that. So, okay, I mean, middle of the road starter at goalkeeper. The Loons have a much improved back line. They do. And yeah. the roster is shaping up nicely. But certainly, when we talk about depth, goalkeeper is an issue. And so that's why, massive issue. Yeah, so that's why I guess it wouldn't be surprising in the next month before the season starts that they do sign on their goalkeeper. My, and, and, yeah, I think that's why they've got Vitala on trial. Yeah. And, it, again, once we kind of go through all this, I've got some stats. I, I think if they sign him, he'll be starter. My concern with the goalkeeping is with St. Clair, when's he going to get minutes this year? Are they going to loan him out? Oh, I would almost guarantee he will be low note. So we hope it won't that, be to Madison, though. No, it won't be. Because Madison. Madison has a good keeper. So. Yeah, they do. Um, and my other crazy thought is, with our new improved back line, could St. Clair start? That's that's a great question. I mean, I wish I knew off the top of my head, like, the history of the of college goalkeepers coming into the MLS specifically and starting that next year. I mean, yeah, I mean I is there a track record for it? You Maybe can we start look into that. You, if you have a great back line, having a rookie start in your goal might be a good thing for him. It might. I mean, it, if anything, with the improved, much, much improved back line, mm-hmm. it may make sense to keep him here yeah. and get him minutes specifically in U.S. Open Cup. Sure. But that's still not enough to develop. So, I, it's hard. It's really hard. You throw him in the fire, man. You say, "Here you go." We'll see. Well, we'll know by preseason because if he doesn't get any minutes in preseason, then he's going on. He's going alone. Yeah. yeah. What he need? He needs minutes this year. Yeah. He needs to play this year. If they don't let him play this year, I'm gonna be so pissed off. Yeah. Because you spend a first round draft pick on him and you don't play him. And he's considered. I mean, he's like. Zach Steffen level mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know in four years he's going to be headed to Europe yeah. so yeah. I don't know I mean yeah if he doesn't get significant minutes whether it's out alone or that's, with us yeah. that's a I'll be interested that's yeah. one of kind of the intriguing things I'm looking at this season is what they're going to do with him because he's a rookie he did extremely well in college I want to see how the loons treat him in terms of his development right and how they do that. If they screw the pooch on this guy, right. I'm not going to be very happy. Well, you know, and it, you can say the same thing about Chase Gasper mm-hmm. um, at left back. I mean, they say that he's MLS ready. Yeah. So, you know, what I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that he's minutes ready? 
Or does that mean he's starting ready? You're not going to start him over Kelho. No, no I don't. So, and, I, and we're not talking about starting here, but I think we're certainly talking about depth. Right. Yeah, and you I mean, know, you can't put him on the roster and let him sit there. He needs to. I yeah. mean, he's a rookie. He needs minutes. That's the problem with these young guys. Yeah. You can't, I mean, especially guys at a college, you've got to give them some minutes. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to stagnate. So uh, it'll be really interesting because I think um, Dotson's another guy who uh, he looks like. He had a really good senior year, and he was a midfielder who played almost exclusively on defense. I've read some things that suggest he could be in a number six. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, how do you fit him in? I, I would imagine he was – what was – was he a late first round? Or I can't remember what round I think he was he late, in. yeah. So he's potentially a, a solid player there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they're going to deal with these uh, – these rookies is going to speak volumes to how they're going to do in two, three yeah. years. But um, So I think we're going to take a little break for some more beers. But when we come back, guys, we're going to get into uh, some of the stuff going on in Tucson, uh, preseason yeah. stuff. Some roster. Uh, we'll roster stuff. Final really good look at roster. Yes. We've got a, uh, some academy news we're going to talk yeah. about. Uh, some Liga MX stuff. A little combo with MLS we're going to talk about. And uh, Sterling, you have some uh, chat about a little uh, bridge in Atlanta. You want to talk yes. about? Yes, and then also Jeff Reuter's interview with Reuter's Amos interview, McGee. Amos McGee, which uh, I'll have an interesting take on that. I'm sure we'll have interesting takes on that. And but, speaking uh, of Atlanta, of course, we'll be making our Super Bowl 53 picks. We will be making we Super will. Bowl 53 picks, even though it's American football. So when you listen to this, you can laugh at our horrible yes. predictions. Yes, because my prediction is going to yes. be terrible. So, uh, we're back. I'm picking in, the Vikings. What? The Vi- they're not even in it. Ooh, yeah. See, that's how bad it they're is. They're not even in it. Yikes. Uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes from uh, Wicked Work Brewing Company. Podcast. Of course, we are still at Wicked Work Brewing Company in historic downtown Robbinsdale. Uh, we got, went up to the bar and got ourselves each a flight of beer. I'm not going to go into every beer that we got on the flights because we got a lot. But uh, there's a Kolsch involved. Uh, there is a, a orange light lime light lager, which I'm interested to taste that one. Uh, I did also go with the... Highly Logical Hazy IPA, which, again, interesting thing to try. Stevens, you ended up with the, what was it, the Old Bessie's Double Chocolate Milk Stout? Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. That's kind of third, but uh, that's obviously, for you guys know me, Chocolate Milk Stout, Mm -hmm. that's right up my alley. So I'll be excited to try that and compare it to some of the other ones that I've had over the last few months. Uh, I can say I started with a Kolsch. Yeah. And uh, it's phenomenal. Really easy drinking. Sorry for that dog in the background, but it's extremely easy drinking. <laughs> sorry, that was me. I'm sorry. And so of the of the flight, the Kolsch is the one I've started, and uh, yeah, I'm loving it so far. <laughs> yeah, and so then I did the uh, Birdtown Blonde. Oh yeah, uh, which is incredibly light, very easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Then I went with the Dude Bro. That's right. Um, I I think that it's 
100% a Bud Light Lime, but slightly better. Well, it's a craft Bud Light yes, Lime. Yes, exactly. Uh, then I did the Orange Dream Sickle. Oh, yeah. I uh, love and that. the Hazy IPA, mm-hmm. neither of which I've tried yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 just, I kind of appreciate the fact that um, that they have kind of like that. I, don't, I hate to say Bud Light Lime, but, I mean, yeah. that's the first thing that pops up in sure, your head when sure. you read it on the menu. I kind of appreciate that because, you know, I mean... Uh, of like when you talk about beer, and I, you know, I've only home brewed a couple of times myself, but brewing a, a lager, especially a clear, crisp lager like that, looks like and I assume tastes like it's not the easiest thing to do. No, um, right? It's more easy to brew an IPA, I think. Yes, than is about brew a lager. From from a time standpoint, mm-hmm. I believe, and yep. even mm-hmm. a temperature standpoint, yep. it's easier. So yeah, so ales nice are way better. Yeah, mm-hmm. way easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice to see the, the loggers on the menu, actually, because you don't see that everywhere we've gone. Yeah. So, so I think I kind of jinxed our, us in the beginning of this podcast. I said, well, there's no kids allowed here, but there are dogs allowed, yes. and we have dogs barking. Yes. So no kids screaming, but they're dogs not a, barking. They're clearly not a fan <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of us. Like Which is not shocking. No, not at all. There's at least two dogs in here. There's two there dogs, was yeah. at one point. Yeah. yeah, there's one over there. Yeah. And yeah. it is, uh, you know, it's it, as we get later in the afternoon, it is starting to fill up nicely in here. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, let's get into the Tucson. We called it, is it a tournament? Well, it, it is. Well, it's kind of a tournament, I guess. Okay. You know? uh, it's Exhibition. hosted by Phoenix. Exhibition tournament. I mean, right. it's yeah. just, it's a great uh, opportunity. You know, they're out there in Arizona for training, but it's also mm-hmm. a great opportunity to train with other teams, to play yeah. exhibition matches mm-hmm. with other teams that are out there. It's basically, you know, call it spring training if you want. Yeah, I mean, sure. basically competitive type scenarios and that aren't quite... They're out. 5v5s, yeah. Yeah, and they're out there until, I believe, this... They, I think their final game out in Arizona is Wednesday. This mm-hmm. coming Wednesday on the, would be the 5th or 6th. And then they, they go to Florida, I think, to finish out the rest of their That's race. right. That's Orlando, yeah. Orlando, yeah. So we had a game uh, a couple days ago. Against FC Tucson, which is Phoenix, Phoenix Rising's something. Sure. I guess. Sure. And we yeah. won 9-2. to two. Yes, nine yeah. to two. Yeah, and uh, so I don't got the I don't have a huge stat breakdown for you guys, no, which I'm sure to. nobody would be too interested in. But I guess real quickly, uh, Rasmus Schuler scored two goals, as well did Romario Avara right. and Mason Toy. Each scored two goals, nice. and then just to round it out, um, uh, they're a, a player that they have on trial, uh, Hero, he, uh, scored three times actually. So. Yeah, Hero Bariga Toyama. He's from Japan. Japanese. Uh, he was. He's played for Florida Gulf Coast University. Okay. Uh, yeah, he had uh, three goals in that. Mm-hmm. Um, looked like he played most of the game, if not all. Mm-hmm. Um, so they must have some interest in him. So this is one of the couple guys that they're kind of looking into during yeah. this kind of pre-exhibition period. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't really know what position he plays. All I know is it's midfield, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if he had three goals, must be kind of maybe a ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You got to kind of ask if you're a hero. You got to kind of ask yourself, well, what do you got to do to get signed? You know, other right. than score three, three goals. goals. We'll see yeah. how the rest, of, you know, the next month goes. Who knows? Yeah. We might be talking about yeah, it. exactly. And then um, we have uh, we have another guy that we're kind of looking into the uh, goalkeeper. Yeah. So uh, Vitala. Uh, I think his first name was Webster. I didn't put it down. Webster? Yeah. Great uh, show, by the way. He's Finnish. He's Finnish? Finnish. And his first name's Webster? Yes. 
All I think uh, when I hear Webster is Emmanuel Lewis. <laughs> Sorry. Um, My bad. He's 27, so he's not terribly old. Uh, his last club was Melmo FF, which is a very good club in Finland. Okay. Um, he's bounced around the Finnish league quite a bit. Uh, for whatever reason, he's out of contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to look into his numbers because, as we mentioned before the break, you know, we we're clearly looking for a starting goalkeeper. Yes. Um, so I have a feeling this guy could be doing something because he's played roughly 14 or roughly 15,000 minutes in his career. Okay. He's given up a goal 90 of 1.14, which, by the way, is insanely low. Yeah, very low. Um, He's had 61 clean sheets. Wow. And he's only had 10 yellow cards in 15,000 minutes as a goalie. I'm actually pretty impressed with that. But as a goalie, you only get a yellow card, what, if you hold the ball too long? Well, you could could give up a PK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, so or hand the ball outside of the box. Yeah, yeah, it's balls. Uh, just to compare, obviously, I'm just spouting stats to compare to Bobby. Mm-hmm. His goal ninety for Minnesota mm-hmm. was one point nine six. Wow! So, I mean, we're talking. I mean, we're almost talking a goal a game. Wow! Difference. Wow! I mean, that's pretty incredible. But you also talking about the Finnish league, though. True. Um, his career is 1.59. Okay. So maybe that says something about Minnesota. My biggest question I have for you, Sterling, though, is can this guy distribute the ball better than Bobby can? Well, you, you don't have those stats. That's the problem. Do we have any, like, video evidence that he can throw the ball better than Bobby can? I saw some video. Sure. Does he actually get the ball away from the goal? Well, Bobby could do that, too. But he doesn't do it. Well... And if a lot he does, of times he does. It just goes to the wrong and team. And he does it to the wrong team. I mean, there isn't a lot on Vitala, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, statistically speaking, he's done better than Bobby in more minutes. Okay. Or sorry, in fewer minutes. But would you put the Finnish league? Where, how would you compare them to MLS, though? I mean, are we talking like a league lower than MLS? The Finnish league? I I would say they're. Half a step below. Okay, I. It, it's hard to say. I mean, the because we're talking about Finland here. Finland's yeah. not known as a soccer. Capital yeah, the Scandinavian here. teams are really hard to judge because yeah. they're not known for soccer necessarily. No. So, I mean, Melmo itself has had plenty of opportunities uh, in Europa and such. So, yeah. I mean, they're hockey players up there in Scandinavia. Yeah. They're hockey players. I, I would say they're pretty similar to MLS. But I can understand why he'd want to come here because the the climate is kind of like Finland here. Now, did you say what club did you say came from Malmo? Malmo. So I know of a Malmo Sweden. I don't. We don't need to get into that. But there must be another Malmo in Finland. That's a good point. Yeah. But maybe Swedish league. Maybe I miss. Oh, you know what? I don't want to put you on the spot. I just no. You're right because I got the flags mixed up. Oh, he's Swedish. Well, no, he's finished. He's finished, yeah. But the flags of the leagues, the Swedish flag is a blue with yellow cross. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay, so he's in the Swedish league. Swedish league. I just, but still. Again, thank I, you for correcting I, I, I didn't want our Twitter blown up afterwards. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, I have heard of a Malmo, Sweden. It, and, and it's those Swedes get pissed off. Have not been there yet. 
But what I, I've heard, it's a wonderful town. He must be married. And I, what? Because you wouldn't leave Sweden with Swedish women to come to Minnesota. But uh, what I was saying, though, is if you wanted to leave any, if you wanted to leave Scandinavia, and you wanted the same climate as of Sweden or Finland, Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota's your best bet. Who wants the uh, same climate as Sweden? Plus, we have a lot of Swedes here and a I'd lot say, of Finns. I'd say depending on where you are in Sweden, the climate here is much colder. I think it's a little bit milder if you're well, near, if you're near the yeah, ocean. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I yeah, suppose. but still, we have a lot of Swedes and Finns here. We do, we do, and you actually coming and Norwegians full circle, mm-hmm. like to the game. Um, you know, and we talk we talk about um, Vitalia. You know, he actually both goalkeepers in Tuesday's game was it Tuesday or Wednesday's game were both. They were not. Both goalkeepers were not under contract right. with mm-hmm. United, uh, with the Loons. Um, the other, the the goalkeeper that was subbed in was uh, McLeod. And unfortunately, yeah. don't have any stats on him yeah. as well. But but that's what this is for. And it, you know, they gave up two goals. I'm not sure who gave them up. I would say if that Vitalia gave up one on four shots. Um, okay. I, heard, I know he gave up one. I heard one of the goals was the other team called a timeout, and they were just joking around, and they just shot the ball in the goal. That wouldn't be shocking. That's what I heard. I heard that would be par yeah, for Minnesota. But let's not take it. Let's not. Let's not hold that. Hold us to it. I could yeah. be wrong on the shots on goal and the saves. But uh, one thing we can say is um, their second game, the second preseason game, is against their parent club, like you mentioned, the Phoenix Rising. Yes. That's actually streaming live on MNUFC.com. Yep. So we'll be able to check that out. At Maybe have a little, today. At three o'clock today. Yeah. So please. actually, that'll be yesterday to anyone that listens to this. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I can't promote that and tell people to go out and listen, but I luckily, will tell you that we will do our best to watch it and have a little yeah. bit more feedback. And, and, I and luckily I tweeted out this morning that the game was today, so we've already promoted the game. Yep. And I do know that on the BGN uh, network, there is a Phoenix Rising there is. podcast. Yeah. Well, so I'm sure they'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, and here's a quick hitter for you. Say we get back in home in time to watch this match online. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you be most looking forward to seeing? Or who, maybe? Is the... Well, I want to see Hero again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, see if um, he can match what he did last yeah, time. I mean, he looked pretty good. I, I think I've made it very clear I'm not a Bobby fan, so yeah. I would like to see Vital again. Uh, I... For me, yeah, for, I think that's about all I really want to see. For me, an exhibition, it's more about nobody getting injured. Right. You know, it's more about getting some minutes, getting some playing time, getting those guys working together a little bit, figuring out what they do and what they don't do, yep. and not getting injured, not making stupid plays. Yep, exactly. You know, keeping it very vanilla. And, and getting seeing how the new faces that we talked about the first mm-hmm. half of the podcast, how they're going to how they work, work together. together and play together. And Actually... I'd like to see green grass. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Yeah, yeah. That's that's and, what I'm most excited for. And like, yeah, we aren't going to take a huge deep dive into the first preseason match against Tucson, but oh. like when they when Adrian Heath he described the formation that they played for most of the game as nearly a four three three. Okay. Um, and that said, he basically that allowed them to kind of overload the middle of the field. Um, and what's your take on that, David? I mean, just to. I mean, that's if you want to overload the midfield, you want to try to gain that advantage. The four-three-three is exactly what you want to do because obviously you're you're two. You have two forwards who are actually midfielders. Um, they're the wingers. You know, you end up having 
I mean, you could do a lot of stuff with that second second tier midfield where you're going to have your number six in the middle probably, but you can also switch him out for just an eight like Gregus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it de- you can make it very defensive. You can make it very offensive. Mm. The nice thing is you can change up those those outside midfielders to be a little bit more winger-esque. Sure. So all of a sudden you have your first tier is a forward, center forward and two wingers, and your second tier maybe another winger, maybe two wingers. I mean, depending on how much faith you have in the middle guy. Um, I mean, you don't lose, you have the standard four-back line, right? So I, I think, you know, Atlanta uses a 4-3-3. LAFC uses 4-3-3. I mean, if you have the players to do it, which, interestingly enough, we have the players to do a 4-3-3. Mm-hmm, we do. Uh, I mean, we have so many. You know, 2017, we had like 20 wingers. Yeah. 2018, we had none. Yeah. Now 2019, we have like 20 wingers. Yeah, we do. So, I I mean, did it'd be nice to see that 4-3-3 more often. My question is, did Darwin play the last game? In the preseason? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think he did. know that he did. I, I was trying to follow not, the subs on Twitter. I didn't see it. He's not on the scoring record as far okay. as goals or assists. Which, I tell you that. if he didn't, I would be very happy. Because that's the one guy I don't want to lose in the preseason. Oh, right, yeah. That's the one guy I think he can work. He, Darwin's the type of guy I think he can work with anybody. Just get him the ball. And even him with the ball, he can see things going on. Yeah. So he's, he doesn't need to play. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah, way but, that he fit in almost immediately into yeah, the offense yeah. tells us we don't need to see a lot just to make sure he's healthy. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah, of course, of course, you don't want to lose a player like Quintero in the preseason. But that being said, it's not like... Um, you know, you have your star players in the NFL that oh, that they don't they don't need to practice, and and for some of them they really literally they do not need yeah. to. However, you know, with with when we're talking about soccer here, I mean, you need to get up to game shape, so you to do, speak. right? But with Darwin, you get him in some games, but I don't want him like playing last, fifty, sixty playing minutes. 50, exactly right. Yeah. I want him as healthy as possible going into next season because he is. He's the key cog in all of this. Right. If he's not on the pitch, then we have issues. Right. Even with our new guys. He's the guy who kind of makes it all work together because he's that special. Right. I agree. So we got to have him. Well, that's like we, the, those four. I mean, whether we're talking about the, our defenders, the midfielder, yeah. that, you know, yeah. the back line was improved, the midfielders have been improved over on paper. Compared to what the Loons had last year, but yeah, those are the players that are going to be feeding Quintero. Yeah, and yeah. and and uh, Angelo Rodriguez as well. And, but we but. saw this last year when Darwin was out a couple games. Remember, our offense did Sucked. nothing when oh. Darwin was out. Oh yeah, I want to bring that. I mean, we can talk about Darwin, and I mean, I just brought up with a lot Angelo Rodriguez, and it was um, Callan Williams uh, brought up a good point, and he started. He was talking about what he thought, you know, the over-under basically for Angelo Rodriguez's goals scored this mm-hmm. year. 
And he, because of the new acquisitions, he specifically, I think he made a point of saying, well, I kind of had Angelo pegged at six or seven goals, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think recorded, he recorded it this week, Callan Williams did. Mm-hmm. He actually raised that number of goals scored for Angelo Rodriguez over under to be about, I think he said eight or nine. That's not surprising. Nine or ten in that range. And well, you, yeah. When you have Darwin, with, with Darwin helping him out... I think he can score a lot of goals. Well, and I think a lot of the issue with our offense is our defense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, one, you get a new goalkeeper that can distribute. That helps. Um, but when your midfield doesn't have to worry about the defense. Yeah. Or I should say, your attacking, attacking mm-hmm. midfield doesn't have to worry about the defense. When you have a legit number six in the formations that he likes to use, or you have a legit number eight who can play box to box and help in the defense. Yep. And kind of turn the possession as it goes. Our attackers can focus on attacking. That's right. Right. That's right. So I mean, I totally totally predict, in my opinion, Angelo Rodriguez should hit twelve. Yeah. I yeah. Think. And that's that. That was my first thought when I heard his prediction. I thought that sounds kind of low. And then I started thinking. Well, the only reason it would be low, maybe, assuming everybody stays healthy, which is a wonderful assumption, but uh, I, I, maybe the goals are just spread around because right. you have Quintero, you have you have Angelo Rodriguez, and then you have you you're, you know I'm I touched on it earlier. I'm sincerely hoping that our set piece, our corner kicks, they they're going to improve, and you're going to get players coming off the off the back and yes, scoring those yes, goals, and yes. and you're not going to maybe you won't have that. You know, fifteen goals, fifteen goal score this year, but you're going to have several players that are approaching double digits. And and the thing is, is when you're playing a center forward that you want to play as a hold up, mm-hmm. he's going to sacrifice goals for assists. Mm-hmm. So it isn't terrible if he gets nine goals in the season, if he has like six or seven assists, mm-hmm. because really he has potentially 15 goals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just that he decided, I'm going to hold up, I'm going to let the offense move forward, yep. and I'm going to dish it off. Yep. So I think, that's a, I think that's a big thing that um, people need to understand about Rodriguez and what Heath and, mm-hmm. and Lagos want out of their forward. And it, as Callum brought up, you know, with the players that are around him now, mm-hmm. his goal tally should go up. Because the offense is now concerned about being an offense. Offense, yes. And not exactly. having to worry about what's going on behind them. Well, and I think that's one of the things that happened with Darwin last year was he was putting up offensive numbers. But I think he was also worried about defending a little bit. Now he shouldn't have to worry about that anymore. Right. He should only have to worry about creating plays. Exactly. Creating, Wait, creating, creating. Do you mean he was worried about the defense or worried about him going back and defending himself? Well, I, I mean, think he I, was I worried about going. Much, I, I, I think he was a little bit worried about going back and defense himself. You now have opened him up with what we've done now. You've opened up so he can just be on the attack all the time. Yeah. And I think Heath last year wanted to come back a little bit. He want, Yeah, he wanted everybody. He wanted everybody back. Yeah. And I think Darwin was kind of like, that's not what I do. Right. But now he can do that. Yeah, and, he, you know, I think if... Obviously, Adrian's prized formation is the 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. So, 
in that scenario, you have your four. Now you're going to have your two. Would, Gregus. That, would that be Alonzo and Gregus? Gregus, okay. yep. And it, everyone else should now be focused entirely on going forward. Yes. Yeah. And, and then in last season, they couldn't do that. And then you're just continuing that thought. And then you're, as of right now today, then the three would be um, Quintero uh, and who else? I, I would think it's going to be Romario. Yeah. I mean, going left to right, Romario, <coughs> Quintero. And Ibarra at this moment? Well, it's Ibarra. No, I'm going to say it's Molino. I mean, I would prefer Ibarra, but I think yeah. it's going to be Molino. All right. And then Rodriguez. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the, the nice thing is, is with Gregus, I mean, the, the highlights I've seen of him playing forward, Yeah. with a player like Alonzo, he's going to be able to push forward a little bit too. And, it, I mean, it, the fourth four two three one. if you can get that number eight guy pushing forward in the mm-hmm. attack, that can be a killer formation. It's, talk like this makes me excited for this year. It does. I know, it I does. almost have like yeah. goosebumps and I'm yeah. like, it does. just shut up. Shut and up. Yeah. We, talk, we talk about how much the roster has improved and I mean, can, and then that allows the opportunity for the Loons to be that much more aggressive going forward yeah, up the that's pitch, right. That's right. That's right. Uh, scoring more goals, creating mm-hmm. more opportunities. And then that being said, without maybe because of the improvement in the back line without worrying as much about the counter and giving up another 70 or 71 goals like they have over the last two right. seasons. And the key to all this, guys, is we got rid of Alexi Gomez. But So I think yes, a key is uh, we, just a key is, so that's the only thing we, as we sit here with just about a month ago, is is maybe goalkeeper death because if Shuttleworth goes down the mm-hmm. yeah. could be in trouble. And just before we segue out of uh, uh, the training training out in Arizona this week and last week. I do want to mention that just that uh, I, I mentioned earlier that Rasmus Schuler was one of the, the, the guys who had a brace for, for the Loons and yep. uh, I would say that uh, his assist came from Carter Manley and our uh, second overall pick in the first round, Chase Gasper. Nice. So he he report early reports and I, I haven't been there but from what I've read and what I've saw is Chas Chase Gasper is looking pretty good. All right. Well, and on. you know, this is a situation where he should look good. Yeah. Because if he's MLS minutes ready, mm-hmm. then he should be able to put up numbers against FC Tucson. Right. And right. I would suspect that if he gets minutes today against Phoenix, mm-hmm. he should be able to put up numbers against Phoenix. And mm-hmm. if he can, okay, maybe he does deserve to be sitting on the roster come opening day. We'll, we'll uh, get into what he did today on our next podcast. Right. We'll talk about that. Let's let's step off the pitch a little bit, guys. Let's go to the uh, Amos McGee interview. Yeah. Which you, Sterling, you actually looked at. And you guys are going to have to just trust me because I failed to. Well, I'll trust you. Yeah. So, you know, it's always nice to find an interview with you know, front office guys. I, I thought it was okay. I did. I didn't think anything was terribly exciting. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't think any of the questions were terribly hardball. And who are they? Uh, Sorry, Jeff, yes, it was Jeff Ruder with the Athletic. Reuter, yeah. And so, you know, to me, there are a few things that stood out. Obviously, being the pessimist I am, I pulled out the negative ones. Of course, you did. And I mean, what's the point of talking about positive ones anyway? Right. 
Got to have some edgy kind of. Before before you get into this, though, I want to say we, we talked about this before we came in here. Um, <laughs> I, I have a thought bubble of Amos McGee sitting there for the interview. Yeah. And uh, our buddy Manny sitting right behind him going, you can't say that. No, say this. Yeah. Say this. Don't say this. Say this. And it, I, uh, I mentioned that he, Manny was doing puppeteers. Yeah, the puppeteers yeah, thing. Yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's it's always difficult to know what they're actually going to say. And, and we don't know. We Again, we don't know what the climate is in that front office. Yeah. We don't know how they work together. We don't know who says what and whatever. Exactly. But that's my feeling is that Manny is kind of the overlord of everything and kind of just plays overlord. the games. And he's, he's kind of like the the... the the jet, the the Sith dude, the Sith in, Lord, yeah. In episode seven and eight, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Manny. Yeah. Don't ever hate us. Sorry. Don't hate. So, some of the points that that I wanted to bring up. Their quotes. Uh, you know, McGee said, uh, "We do less and less survey scouting trips where you're going to get a sense of the league." the level, the overall quality, and fine players. To me, I thought this was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, you go find a, you go somewhere, Argentina, whatever, and it, you're checking out this player, mm-hmm. but you're not really considering what the league is like. To me, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that explains Demidov, that explains Kadri, mm-hmm. that explains Elvbaz to some point. Because... They're like, okay, well, these guys look good, but screw the competition. Well, the competition tells you everything, doesn't it? Well, it, uh, let's go to a different uh, sport here, like I always seem to do. It'd be like the Minnesota Vikings going, yeah, we go to the, we look at the Canadian Football League, and we see a wide receiver doing great things. Canadian, we don't care about what the league is, right? Well, I do care because yeah. Canadian Football League is different from the NFL. Well, and you, exactly. wouldn't, you wouldn't scout. Would would you scout players like say if you were in Arizona? Would you scout? The loons based on their nine two no, victory exactly. over Tucson because no, they're playing Tucson. Yeah, I no, mean it's, right? it's tough to do. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Hero scored a hat trick. It's interesting. So I'd like to see more, right? I mean, based on who he was playing and the situation he was playing in. Okay, he scored three goals, but oh. right. So when you when you go to Scandinavia, yeah. You have to consider the teams they're playing. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go to Demidov. And this is going to come up in another point yeah. um, from this interview. You go to Demidov, and you think, okay, he was, a, for whatever reason, you felt he was a good CB. Who was he playing against? Nobody. I mean, and that's the thing. If you're going to go to the EPL and you're going to yeah. scout a guy, yeah. okay. If he's yeah, doing yeah, really yeah. good, fantastic. But... The Cyprus League probably might not be quite MLS. Can I go way over your guys' heads right now? Sure. Okay. Do you guys remember when we called the air up there with Kevin Bacon? Where he goes to the Africa, and he finds this basketball player, right? And he's the greatest basketball player he's ever seen in his life, right? And so the final game, they're playing against some other African, like, tribal team. He's like, I got to sign this guy to go to college. 
Exactly. He's playing against a tribal African team. Yeah. How do you know he's going to be in NCAA basketball? Right. I mean, it's a movie, yes. It turns out well. He's, he starts for him, whatever. And Kevin Bacon comes to coach or whatever that happens. Yeah. But it's exactly like that. Exactly. This is not a movie. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's just something he said? I mean, because they're going, oh. when they go, and they've had heavy, they've gone on heavy scouting trips in South America and in Europe, Scandinavia. Yeah. And when they're, they're not looking at the lower divisions, I would assume. So he explained some context to that. He explained that they they allow the, the survey scouting or the con- contextual scouting, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, to be done by computer models and software. Okay. So, to me, based on the decisions they've made in the past, yeah, they either need to change the software they're using, or they need to change their scouting methods. Are they using Microsoft ninety five or what? Right. I, I just don't. <laughs> you would hope that they're considering that ahead of time, which, <laughs> to the context, apparently they are. Uh, but the methods in which they're measuring that, mm-hmm. I don't think are. So, that was one thing. All right. Um, the next quote was regarding their reserve team. Mm-hmm. And he said, our reserve team, should that ever get up and running? Okay. Now, I don't know. For me, if I were Jeff Reuter, <laughs> and maybe this happened and it ended up being off the record. And Manny said, nope, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a record scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Off the record. Uh, if yeah. should that ever get up and running? Why no, wouldn't the, you have an up and running? Exactly. I mean, I get that we're doing Madison FC this year. Yes, we are. Maybe even next year. Yes. Well, but if that's not your goal to have a reserve team, what what's it, going on here? Doesn't every MLS team have a reserve team? It was a slip of the no. tongue. You would hope, but it was a but slip of the sure. tongue. It, it yeah. should you should be saying when it gets up and running. Understandably, they're two years into the MLS going into the third year. Maybe you don't have that base built up like some of the older teams. Right. But, but you, you should. It's a ma- it should be a matter of time. Yeah. Not, not if. But I mean, Atlanta has a reserve team. Okay. Well, Atlanta, has a, Atlanta has Arthur Blank. Still. Just saying. Still. I mean, if we're two years in and we don't have one. But Atlanta does. Okay, that makes sense. Atlanta had the money to do it. Mm-hmm. We're two years behind. Whatever. But should that ever get up and running? It should. I don't know. It, sure. It's either a slip of the tongue or it's a what the hell are you saying? Yeah. Right? Okay, so um, they talked about near misses or misses on their loaning. Mm. So, for instance, Elbaj was alone. Kadri mm. was alone. Mm-hmm. Max was alone. Yeah. What I pulled out of this was he never once mentioned Gomez. Alexi Gomez. Of course he did. Yes. Players long. And I was like, my God, the worst player on the roster. Why would you? You don't bring him up. Yeah, why would you? And it's like, okay, so one, it boggles the mind. Two, maybe we have to start considering. What they actually are doing here? I mean, yeah. is it just that he forgot? No, no. Manny was or, right. Manny was on the other side of the table with the big signs. Of, Don't talk about Alexi Gomez. Right. Or it's like, is he just choosing not to mention him? <laughs> or did they really think that Gomez was good? 
I don't. I hope not. Now, I mean, I kind of, I kind of backed up, and I mean, I was playing devil's advocate when I was being maybe earlier in this year, earlier last year, I should say, being a proponent of Alexi Gomez. But I can't sit no. here and not no. bring up no. what happened yesterday. Uh, uh, that would be the first of February. Don't bring it up. Record, don't even do it. Alexi Gomez actually scored his first goal away <sighs> from MNUFC last night or no, yesterday yeah. afternoon. Uh, and it was an impressive goal. I'm sure you've seen the highlights already by yeah, now. If you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't seen uh, the Alexi Gomez goal, you need just, to look it out. Just and, find Twitter and yeah, any Minnesota yeah, United person. Yeah. And this, talking about he's it. not he's not playing for he's playing in the Argentine pr- Premier Division. Yeah. He's, not, he's not Boca Juniors. They're, they're not. Yeah, he's yeah. playing for a team called Gimnasia. They're currently twentieth in the table. But you know he is in that first Argentine division. It's okay. something he, he's so. basically playing for Minnesota of Argentine. Pretty Premier. much. Yeah, well put. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. I. The guy was a bust. He was. And the fact that McGee doesn't bring it up is like... Yeah, it's like, what... Come on. How do, how do you read... And, you know, obviously I'm I'm looking at this stuff at night and I'm like, maybe I'm reading into it too much, yeah. but still. So, move on from Alexi Gomez. Uh-huh. The, the, la- or the second to last quote is... Quote, unquote, what we're all doing is trying to be nimble and recognize opportunity while coinciding with the long-term vision of what we're looking at. Now, the context of that is Jeff asked about how some people in Major League Soccer, some talking heads, Mm -hmm. are saying the... uh, Oparas trade was kind of desperation. Okay. okay. So McGee is saying, no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. Right. You know, yeah. this is our plan. This is our long-term vision. Okay. Now, my response to this is you're signing a 33-year-old Alonzo, mm-hmm. an aging Ike Opara. Mm-hmm. Long-term vision? Short-term. Exactly. So... What exactly are they thinking is a long-term vision? Mm. If they're signing guys that are basically, well, in Alonzo's case, maybe two years from well, being out. Let's talk about this a little bit because this, those two signings were not long-term visions. Those two signings were, we're going to Allianz Field. We need to put a good, field, good team on the pitch. Yeah. We need to have fans excited. Or we're going to lose our jobs. Or we're going to lose our jobs. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So, those two signings were pretty much just kind of plugging the old uh, dike there and yep. hoping that in the next two years, you get younger guys who are going to come up and do what these guys are going to do. Right. So, let's not fool ourselves and think that's a long-term plan. Yeah, and I, I just, the fact that this is coming from Amos McGee is a little yeah. questionable. So, the last one. Uh, look, we always had the ambition and an internal goal to make the playoffs in the first and second years. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's okay. the quote. Okay. So we all know the context. It's I don't believe you. Difficult to figure that out. So my thing, my my wording here. I'm going to read this verbatim from my notes. You can't possibly be serious. No. No way in hell. Did they think the decisions they made in years one and two no way. 
would get to the playoffs. Uh, There's no way. Courting Ron Burgundy, I don't believe you. Exactly. Courting Trump, fake news. No, I, I, I think I think you're. Abs- <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think you're absolutely I mean, correct. Oh, and, and I think what? What? what no, there's, there's no way. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work that way. Absolutely not. Did they see what was on the field the last two years? And it, what's even better is, I mean, to be fair, I think. I mean, I'm not creating excuses. I'm not trying to counteract your points, but I mean, to be fair, last year could have been different. Well, it could have been. With a cu- without a couple key injuries to start early in the season, it could have been a little no, bit But different. here's what they could have done, Dave. That's legitimate. Yeah. yeah. This is what they could have done. Th- that being said, they weren't going to be they weren't no. going to be competing for the MLS no. Cup, but, but they might have been maybe closer to a playoff me. spot than they ended up. Yeah. In the first year, when they came up from the lower league, they could have said, look, we're building this this way. We're bringing up guys who are in the lower league with us. Hoping they'll become MLS players, right. and two of them did. Okay, yeah. So we're going to weigh up from there. We're doing it a different way. Yeah. But they never came out publicly and said that. Exactly. We as fans knew that. Right. We knew Atlanta was different than Minnesota. Right. Right. If you came out publicly and said, "Hey, this is the way we're building it. Just bear with us for a while," I'd have been like. Great, there's a plan. Right. But we never freaking did that. Exactly. And now to say that and say, well, we have a plan. No. Tell us what the plan was in the beginning. Yeah. There, there's absolutely no way. There's oh. absolutely no way that was their plan. And, it, you know, in it, last year they had the uh, the season ticket holders, um, what do they call it, round table or yeah, yeah. call, whatever it was, where Manny finally – for the first time ever, admitted that it was a plan, three-year plan. Okay. And it, he kind of contradicts this. I mean, what I remember his words were was that it was kind of like, we're building up to this point. Okay. And now McGee is saying, oh, no, we had all intentions of being oh, it, No, you no, didn't. No, no, you didn't. Like hell. I mean, absolutely not. And I, I, mean, I, I, I totally understand why you didn't. Because yeah. your owner was a different owner than Arthur Blank, okay? Your owner is Bill McGuire, okay? He's got a different... He had a different vision. He had a different plan. Different plan. He doesn't have the money that Blank has. He has partners. I get it. But tell us that right away. You you know, from an ownership standpoint, I think this plan of his is working out very well. Of course it is. I think it is. Look look at the... You know, you don't have to look any further than the attendance levels at TCF Bank Stadium over the last two years in 17 and 18. I mean, they've been great. We've been complete shit, and we've sold out every game. But be transparent with us, the fans. Yeah. Right. Be transparent, please. Right. That's all I'm asking for is transparency. Well, weren't they doing that by telling you they had a three-year plan? Yeah, but now they're coming back and saying that... Yeah. Their plan was to make... No. I'm sorry. You tell me a three-year plan, then I need to know... Every year, what that three-year plan does. Yeah. We're get, getting guys from uh, lower leagues. We're going to see what's going on with them. Second year, we're going to see what's going on, and then we're going to get some more guys like Darwin. Yeah. Third year, we're going to go out and get a bunch of guys. If that was your plan all along, yeah, it, then yeah. tell me, give me at least a little little points of yeah. Uh, and, it, and he even mentioned this. He, he made a quote from a, a coach, I think it was, who said, you know, first year you plan on getting six guys. 
and you get this core. And then the second year, you're planning on about 12 guys. And then you get yes. And then yes. by third year, you're at 18. Okay, great. So why didn't you tell us this yeah. in year one? That, okay, we're expecting six good guys. Yeah. yeah. And then year two, we're expecting 12, 13 good guys. Yeah. That just brought my whole thing down from I was excited. About yeah. I, so that, we're, getting, we're going away from that, that, That's it all. That's all we're, I have. We're done with this now. Yeah. I'm, I'm pissed off now. Stuff. Apparently, it's just going to be me moving on with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave might be interested. Let's, hey, yeah, I am. I am. guys, let's get into a little bit, a, a quick hit here. We did get uh, is an academy signing in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, so the uh, let me bring this up here. It's um, it's a new United Soccer Club, which is Northeast Wisconsin okay. United Soccer Club. It's in Appleton. Okay, uh, you know they're basically just signing some. The type of agreement, academy agreement, where uh, you know their teams go as young as four years old. Wow, jeez! Um, it reaches all of Northeast Wisconsin. Okay, it's they have a high emphasis on player development and coaching. Good deal. Uh, and in turn, Minnesota is going to provide uh, direct link to their academy. Obviously, awesome. Uh, also, clinic seminars, awesome. uh, staff training for coaches, all this kind of stuff. It's nice to see uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin kind of working together on this whole United. Yeah, thing. you know, and I think that's a it's a good thing. There, MLS has these regions mm-hmm. where um, Wisconsin has always been a Chicago Fire region. Sure, sure. So to be able to kind of pry that away mm-hmm. from the Fire, I don't know if they care really, but. Chicago um, can have Iowa if they want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's cool to see Wisconsin. They've got a, they've got supporters groups in Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. Obviously, being a resident or former resident of Wisconsin, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to have something to go back to. Yeah. We'll get back to it. Uh, the flock, we will. We're we're trying to make plans to come out to see uh, the Madison game. I mean, mm-hmm. we will be coming out. Uh, so we'll be out there at yeah. some point. Uh, let's get into. There was a there was a little bit of news with uh, Liga MX and MLX or MLS, sorry, deciding to kind of have a I don't know if it's set in Estonia, but a tournament. Yeah. So and we we there was a previous podcast we talked about um, them kind of having discussions about something we don't know what they were discussing. Yeah. We thought maybe it was a com- combination league thing going on, and we started talking about relegation things. But out of this, I think came this tournament. Yep. Which will be, uh, from what I hear right now, is eight teams. Yep. With a, uh, with most of the teams in MLS coming from the West Coast. Well, now you say that. Yeah. I mean, the the quote or the article mentioned that they're going to be well represented. Well represented tells me and, three and to four teams. It's hard to read into guys. that too much. I'm it's, sorry, it's, but. Well represented, well represented to me seems says three out of the four teams will be MLS teams from the West Coast. That's what Probably. it made it sound yeah. like. But I mean, going forward, do you really think that's how the the, the MLS is just going to pick teams on the West Coast where they're going to get the biggest draw? Maybe. But there's a re- and I, thinking about it now, there's a reason for that. Well, I understand the reason. It's because that's closer to Mexico, A, Absolutely. and then the travel stuff. And, and there's the, travel issues. And on the flip side, it's not just like when you talk about the MLS teams that are West Coast teams. Yeah. Um, they also bring up the point that, you know, of the of the, the Mexican clubs, the you know, the Liga MX teams, they're going to be closer to the border. border. Yeah, Which, exactly. Speaking of, I don't know Liga MX that well, but 
Zolos in Tijuana is the only one that I know is right next to the border. Well, well they're probably uh, Mexico City. Do they have a team? Yeah, well, but that's that, a it long wouldn't way be the, the it wouldn't be the yeah, closest. Be I mean, there's I mean, you're talking central Mexico. There's yeah. quite a few teams yeah. in that region, but yeah, there's not a lot of border teams. I, I do I will say this. I do like the way this is heading. Yeah. I didn't like I didn't like the fact that they came out and said, well, it'll be heavily populated by West Coast MLS teams. My concern is there's a lot of teams on the East Coast and the Midwest who could uh, be in this tournament. Um, so I'm interested to see how they're going to make this tournament work, if it's going to be based on records, if it's going to be based on, well, we're just going to ping pong balls out of the tub and this is where <laughs> you guys are going to play. I don't know. you know, But it'll be nice to play. And they did. I did read in the article. They did. The MLS and uh, Liga MX did have a tournament uh, years ago. Did they not? Yes. Super uh, Liga? Back in... Uh, 2007, I okay, believe it that? started. It, it, it went from 2007 to 2010. It was yeah, the Super League. Super, Super League, yeah, yeah. So it, it was basically identical to what they're doing now. Same thing. And so, I think the only and it was the same format. There was okay. four teams okay. from each yeah. league, and uh, I think I think I don't know. I don't. I guess I wouldn't call it a failure, mm-hmm. um, but I, I know Don Garber was quoted as saying it was kind of ahead of its ahead time, of its time, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. So maybe he, meaning that maybe the MLS wasn't as competitive. I think that's what well, he yeah, meant by that. I think that's probably that's probably what I was saying. I would like to see something. I mean, if this if this starts out and it works well, I'd love to see a uh, a tournament where it's a top, you know, one fourth of the leagues playing in a tournament, or top and, half of the leagues playing in a tournament. And that's what we were talking yeah. about, kind of previously. Uh, Offline, as we were saying, like shouldn't yeah. you know if if this if they really want to grow this tournament and yeah. it's a yearly thing, which yeah. I assume it will be. It's starting later next year or this year. Um, shouldn't it be merit based, where it's your top mm-hmm. four yeah. teams that maybe aren't participating, or you could say, well, it's you know you could call it kind of like you know you've got the help me out here on uh, the not the champions well yeah the CONCACAF yeah, champions, champions league yeah. yes um maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a second level where could be, you yeah. could call it the Europa League of Europe where but I, th- it's got to be somewhat merit based doesn't it either I, that or you have to rotate around and say okay this year these teams are in it this year those teams are in it i think yeah. i think if you want to make it great in after you start this out and it works i think you have to take top teams from each league and have them play each other right so if you want to kick off this tournament with West Coast teams and, yeah. and you know border teams like Tijuana and Monterey, that's mm-hmm. fine. But going forward, mm-hmm. I think you got to make it merit based or mm-hmm. at least a logical rotation. And maybe this is the first step to a league combination. Maybe I'm pipe dreaming here. Well, but maybe not, this is the first step. And we touched on it, yeah, months and months. ago. I think ago. it was Torg that we did this tour. Okay. Yeah, 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 I mean, you touched on it months and months ago. Um, when when we there was talk of maybe combining, not just having a tournament, yeah, but yeah, combining yeah, yeah. Liga leagues, MX yep. with MLS, mm-hmm. that does seem like a pipe dream. But not mm-hmm. when you look down way down the road no. at 2026. They're going to have you, to build a lot of wall or tunnels, right? Because we're gonna, yeah, well, I mean, Jesus. whether or not there's a wall, <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to touch on that here on this podcast. But I'm just hall. saying, you you it is it seems like a pipe dream, but yeah. 2026. 
yeah. when the World Cup is hosted by, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say it's North America, essentially, it's Mexico, United yeah. States, and Canada. Canada. Yeah. That's what they're building towards, just like the MLS was built up prior to the and 94 World Cup. Yeah, yeah. What, and Dave, you're bringing, good point. It would be interesting when that happens here for them to announce, hey, by the way, we're combining leagues. And we're becoming a super league in North it, America. It sounds yeah. crazy now, but, you know, come mm-hmm. eight years from now, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's not it's unbelievable. A, it's I mean, I would point. be all for it. I would, too. I, I think it would be fantastic. would, too. And I, then, you know, I mean. But then you have to talk about, then you have to step, talk about relegation, I think. I was just oh, going to say that. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Because yeah. you have too many teams. You have to talk about relegation. And my would be Division 5. Yeah, well, that's the big thing. My concern is the American owners who are not used to relegation whatsoever. You're talking about close to 60 teams. I mean, you, at, by that point, it probably will be 60 teams total. But so. remember now, American owners are different than European owners, okay? Yep. European owners of soccer teams understand that there's relegation. Yep. American owners don't. They see dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, big stadiums, huge sponsorships, whatever. You have to get all those own, most of those to agree to relegation. I'd say good luck, and that's going to be your bigger hurdle than combining the leagues. I'm not sure how would, the logistics would work. Yeah, but it, it's the whole promotion. Could you imagine I Arthur Blank agreeing to that and having it land in the second tier? No, it's hard to imagine. No, now. it's very come on. I mean, when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that these yeah. owners are paying, I yeah. would pay money to see Atlanta United relegated. <laughs> I bet I'm you sorry. would. I bet you would. I would. So let's move on here, guys. To oh, Sterling wanted to bring up a little thing. Speaking of Atlanta, well, let's segue. Let's start with our Super Bowl picks. Let's just let's start Super Bowl picks. Then we'll get to Atlanta. Can we can we bring up Allianz Field's green space? We can bring up that right now. Yeah, just for our environmentalist friends. Yeah, how many do we have of those? Probably two. Two. Okay. (laughs) Hi. How are you? I, I I thought this was interesting. You know, they they brought up that. Uh, there's 28,000 square feet of green space, which is pretty incredible, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20,000 square feet of grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, their watering system is all handled by the water off the roof of the stadium. And probably underground filtration system. Which yeah, is 675,000 gallon tank yeah. is sitting under. Which is what Target Field does. Yeah. And uh, roughly 2 million gallons of water a season. Nice. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, all of the uh, rainwater gets filtered through the trees. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. um, so they're called rain gardens, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I think it brings up an interesting point. None of this could be done had they put a parking lot in. Oh, no, I, I knew you were going to bring That's exactly where I and wanted it, to go. All I can think of is Chicago Fire, because I've been there multiple times. It's yes. just a stadium surrounded by freaking huge parking, parking lots. I mean, honestly, if you were going to a game, let's say that let's say the game was tomorrow. Where would you like? And I like we talked about earlier. I'd probably take an Uber. or You can take the train. Yeah. But wh- if you wanted to drive down there, where would you park? Well, I, I'm not going to say because I don't want to give no away my idea. I honestly spot, do not know, yeah, and that's Saint, why I'm asking. You the have question. downtown St. Paul. No, no, no. I want to park near the stadium. Well, and you're not going to park near the stadium. You can't. That's the problem. Can't. I, 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 I think John knows someone that has a house near the stadium. He does. I think so. What's her name? I don't, I don't. I feel like it's a relative of Jenny's. The park, I feel like you could. I could be wrong. I feel like you could park at the Walmart and walk a couple blocks over. Yeah, you could. 
The Walmart's gonna. I mean, gonna, Walmart they they allow you to like park an RV there and just hang out. No, I bet you five bucks they're gonna put a big sign saying no parking for United. They Sorry, will. they probably will. Yeah. But it's interesting to see that the United are using the uh, green space yeah. differently. I mean, it's just a different concept, I think. Especially for an urban stadium. Yeah. So, short take on that. Sorry, so let's go on to let's, the- let's go to Super Bowl predictions. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. That's American football. For uh, anyone that doesn't know <laughs> it that. It is the Patriots and versus the Rams. We won't spend a lot of time. We we're just going to say what we think is going to happen, and that's that, because... For the first time in a lot of years, I don't give a shit about the Super Bowl. I, I really haven't don't. since really. 2000. I really don't. Wow. I like the. Uh, I want to see the commercials, but for me, with with the Patriots in there again, I'm kind of like, eh, okay. I can. I kind of consider tomorrow a holiday, and it's one of my favorite holidays uh, of the year. Yeah, I know Super you Bowl do. Sunday. Yeah. I really do. Um, that was the Vikings. By God. Oh fuck! I. Oh, oh sorry. Geez. There's our explicit tag. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Fuck shit balls. Yeah, there don't get go. me started on the Vikings. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd lose my mind if the yeah, Vikings. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We're, but it's so nice. We're kind of just used to the Vikings not being in the yeah, Super Bowl. They yeah. never will be. Yeah. They weren't in our lifetime. It's a big-ass so. dog right there. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say the Rams win 24-17. to 17. I like it. Um, I think I was, I've been kind of waffling all week on this. I mean, it's hard for me. I've been given my roots uh, north from New England and Vermont. Specifically. Yeah, from Vermont. I've yeah. always kind of rooted for the Patriots, but uh, I, I, for some reason this year I'm having a hard time doing that. And uh, I'm not saying I won't be disappointed if the Patriots win, but I am actually I'm picking the Rams to win by two or three points. Right. I think I, I'm looking. I'm low scoring game. I'm saying it's going to be like twenty one to seventeen. There you go. Sterling? Uh, I've always liked the Patriots' old logo. Okay. They ruined it when they switched. Yeah. Right, and that's why, That's why. another reason to root for the Rams, they're wearing the throwback. Oh, now, I, I say it. throwback, yeah, sure. it's like throwback yeah. to 17 years ago yeah. when they were right, in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. The, blue and, the blue and yellow. Yeah. I yeah. like those I, jerseys so much better. I cannot go against Tom Brady. Okay. So I, I'm going I'm going Patriots uh, 31, 31 21 Brady will have four touchdowns. All right. All right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's there you uh, go. That's why I said I was struggling with it. I mean, not only I ha- I have a hard time picking against the Patriots, not only because I've always kind of had that Patriots core, but also because of the Brady Belichick thing and yeah. whatever. But I am this year. All right, so that those are our Super Bowl picks, uh, and now segueing into that, it's being host. The Super Bowl is being hosted by Atlanta, Atlanta. this year, yeah. right? And segueing into that, Sterling has an interesting thing about a little bridge to nowhere in Atlanta. Yes. So. It has never come out on this podcast. I'm not a big fan of government. Uh, I'm also not a big fan of government spending money on stadiums. That yeah. has come out. Yeah. So I kind of look at Atlanta United as being taxpayer United FC. Pretty much are. Yeah. So when I read this story this morning, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so... 
Mercedes-Benz Stadium is separated from the Vine City Transit Station by a very busy street. And Arthur Blank, maybe the city, I don't know, felt that it was imperative that they provide fans a safe route from the transit station to the stadium. Mm-hmm. So they decided to build a bridge. Yes. Uh, $13 million later, they had a bid. It's a lot for a bridge. A lot for a bridge, which the city paid for entirely. Of course they did. Shocking, considering they, they paid did. for everything Come else. On. Taxpayers paid for everything mm-hmm. else at this stadium. And they realized later on that this state, this uh, bridge is never going to get done for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the city said, oh, well, this has to be done for the Super Bowl. It's imperative, right? So we need to be concerned about fan safety, right? Mm-hmm. So they fork out $10 million more That's to pennies. get it done in time. That's pennies. Right. It, right. The taxpayers are paying. Taxpayers so it's pay for it. So they completed it. Well, get it up. Thank you very much, contractors. However, security personnel for the Super Bowl have determined that the proximity to the stadium <laughs> makes it a security issue. Uh-huh. And therefore, no fans are allowed to use said bridge oh. for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm, too bad. So the city just forked out $23 million. Yeah. I mean, $10 million to get it ready for the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. But $23 million for a bridge that is completely useless and for the Super Bowl. You'd think they'd look into that before they finished it. Right. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's government incompetence. Maybe it's Arthur Blank being a genius. Well, and I, I mean, I, could, I, and I was, I was kind of wondering, because the, la- the last time I was in Atlanta was over three years ago, before Mercedes-Benz Stadium had mm-hmm. been built. And I was wondering, it is right down, if you're familiar with Atlanta at all, it's, it's just a... Just, I guess you'd say blocks or a half mile from uh, Olympic Park, and where yep. you know they have State Farm Arena, they've renamed mm-hmm. that since. But where they play, you know, basketball, hockey, they yep. play hockey, and it's right there. And so it's needed. It's needed. It That's a very, it's a cool area by that park, but it's also a, a very crowded area, and you got interstates running all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. goes back to the whole thing of. Uh, Mr. McGuire is paying for the stadium by himself. Right. And he paid for his training facility by himself. Did all that. And we don't need any bridges across any place but our stadium. No, Snelling's not terribly dangerous. No, no it's not. It's fine. I mean, I wouldn't walk across I-94, but there's a overpass. So Some people would. Some people do. Some people have protested on I-94. They have. In traffic. They have. So, I mean... Well, what about how does it compare to the bridge over the light rail going into? Um, you know, I thought about that into yeah. uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, I mean that was needed, right? Unless it you was, want people running. And it used to be when the Metrodome was there, you'd have people literally running, running yeah. across the tracks. But that bridge does not go into the stadium, right? It goes. It, well, it does. I mean, it goes from the one the side of the light rail to, to the, the other side of the light rail. But I'm sure they have security. I, I also believe it was open for the Super Bowl. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. And I'm sure I looked into the. But remember, uh, for the Super Bowl last year, you could not go on the light rail. That's true. Oh, yeah. without remember? a ticket. Without yeah. a ticket. Yeah. You had to have uh, a special ticket to go on the light rail last year. And the bridge at U.S. Bank Stadium, I would bet, is 
40 yards from the stadium? Yeah, 50 yeah, yards? Yeah, it's yeah. very close. I don't know how close this one is. It must be closer. But I think that bridge you're talking about walking, people walking off yeah. that bridge. For the Super Bowl last year, you could only get on from the light rail. Oh, we are in. And you had to have a special ticket right. on the light rail because there's a big hubbub about yep. public transit being used just for VIP people. Right, yep. So that was a little different. And what was going on on those trains? Oh, yes. Yeah. Stuff going on. Uh, so, in closing, guys, I do want to say that we are going to, we're talking about a Madison trip, and we have a super secret trip coming up. Right. At some point this year. And on our Instagram feed, mm-hmm. yes. we're going to tease it. We're teasing the trip. You, anybody that's seen uh, the Facebook event page for this episode, yep. also the Twitter announcement for this episode, has seen a glimpse. Yeah, you have. You've we'll seen it. That. Um, so, super secret trip. I'm going to tell you right now, it is Winnipeg. I'm just kidding, it's not Winnipeg. Um, I don't even think they have a lower division team. They have, like, soccer. I don't know. They do. That's where we're going. I'm just kidding. They have a football team. They do. Uh, well, we are going somewhere this summer. We are. Uh, on a super secret trip. Uh, we'll be out there. We'll be doing a podcast from that location. Yep. Uh, there will be uh, guests. Of some nature. Of some nature. Uh, and it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a good time. And <clears throat> I will let this slip. We will more than likely be at a brewery in that location. Yes. Because we like breweries and they have would, to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, it'd be counterproductive right. not to be. Yeah. Um, so, look forward to that. We'll be giving away little hints going into the season and getting up to that time. But yeah. A couple months away. Um, I do want to thank Wicked Wart Brewing Company once again for letting us come out here. Fantastic It's been a great area. time. Great beers. Great area. Uh, we will, like I say, with most brews to go to, we'll come back at some point. It's yeah. been fun. Unless they um, don't want us. I, I think they like us. They might. We we take up a very small footprint. Yeah, they gave us a table near an outlet. That's true. Which is nice. I mean, yeah. I had to bring in my extension cord, not knowing for sure. And you didn't even need it. You didn't. Right here. Um, other than that, guys... Stevens, you got anything else? No, just um, getting excited to watch the U.S. national team play and uh, watching oh, yeah. our, our cap- t- captain, Calvo, mm-hmm. play uh, for Costa Rica. Oh, that's right. Calvo's uh, playing Yeah, Calvo's right going to play against Christian mm-hmm. Ramirez. That's maybe. right. Potentially. That's right. Christian Ramirez is not in the starting lineup as we record. Again. No, he's yeah. not. No, he's not. Is, it? is uh, Zardes again? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Watch a little USA soccer. We'll watch a little uh, today. We also have the, the Loons are playing today. At 3.30. 3.30. Uh, I think it might be 3 o'clock even, not that it matters for our mm-hmm. listeners. So we got that going on. Sterling, anything else you want to talk about? No. All right, guys. Well, once again, a great podcast uh, for Dave Stevens and Dave Sterling. This is Tony Pervenanzi saying goodbye from Wicked War Brewing Company. See ya. This is Pedro. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. What a hype. Not like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites.
all of you. It's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, five-hour energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or calls.com for details.